Welcome to this week's episode of the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. So I'm your host, Warwick Jackson, and today we've got a, a, a really interesting topic. Well, I think it's an interesting topic. Look, the, the two big problems I get uh, across my desk day to day for small business owners, or the two common themes, is, is the people uh, problem and also cash flow. Now, uh, we're gonna we're gonna speak to an expert on that last issue of cash flow uh, and how that can really hurt or help a small business owner if it's if it's managed poorly or managed well. So, you know, cash flow really comes down to a multitude of areas. You know, your your terms and conditions, what you, what you've agreed up front, when you're buying your stock. You know the time to produce your stuff between when you invoice and then the the terms between waiting to get paid all those sorts of things can really lead to cash flow challenges now there is what i have got today is an expert from go carlos uh short block stuart welcome to the podcast well, thank you very much for having me. I was uh, I was a little bit worried there that it might be the the people focus, and I'm thinking a psychologist is certainly not the uh, the specialty <laughs> that I sort of can run with. So, yes, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly getting paid and, and getting paid on time is is. Um, is although, yeah. with your extensive involvement <laughs> in, in AFL and in the VFL uh, managing people, I think you're probably selling yourself a bit short there. But uh, that that's probably a chat for later on in the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, around small business and cash flow. Why don't you give me your your thoughts on on the challenges that small business faces? Yeah, ab- absolutely. So I think a, there's a reasonably frightening statistic that I can see that um, that small to medium business are owed sort of somewhere in the excess of twenty five billion dollars in late payments, which um, is astronomical. And um, and I think you know even where we look at um, the current economic economic climate and and having the effects of COVID, you've got, um, you know, businesses really tightening their belts and, and looking to, to prioritise um, what gets paid, which invariably affects business. Um, and, you know, with with regards to, to what that looks like and, and, and you know, the, the key outcomes in, in that space, you've got, um, you know, your flow of income that's going to suffer. You've got the business... Um, spending time in chasing payments, um, which invariably is then time that's not allocated to core function. Um, and then we see relationship, the piece fall out the back of that with, with client relationships and those being fractured with, with having difficult discussions. Um, and overall, you're, you're talking about your growth and the growth trajectory of the company not being able to be to be kept up. Given that you know, where does that money from 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 income go? It goes into paying your staff. It goes into paying your your mortgages, your utilities, and and those key yeah, functions yeah, to keeping yeah. your business going. Yeah, and and couldn't agree more. And and look, you, you mentioned um, you know, like across Australia, I think it was twenty five billion in late payments, but. From a bring that right down to you know a small business level. Any you know if a new client comes to see us and we're, we're looking at their figures and you can see their debtors uh, you know typically in zero run a run a receivables report and if they're all in you know sort of sixty ninety days overdue, yep. um, that's overdue. Let alone you know, it's a separate discussion about what what appropriate terms should be. Mm-hmm. Um, use them as a bank. Um, have a lot of lot of discussions with 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 uh, business owners, and they say, "Oh, well, yeah, I know I'm going to get paid, and it's just a timing thing. I'll get that money in 90 days or 120 days. It doesn't really affect my profitability, and I kind of have to bite my tongue, let them finish, and then sort of point out a few things where, you know, one, it does affect your profitability if you're if you've got an overdraft, so you're you're the one paying the interest on on that money, not them. Yep. Um, which at the moment interest rates are dirt cheap, so some would say, "Well, who cares?" But the real expensive stuff, as you, is what you touched on. You know, if the service has been provided and everyone's happy with it, everything else, well, why shouldn't it be paid? We've now got to pay a collections team to chase that money. You touched on if you know you you have to cut people off or you've got to ring and harass them for payment. Everyone hates being chased for money hmm. almost as much as they hate chasing money. But, you know, then, then you know, the, then you're alienating a client for, for, and, you know, they've long forgotten the great work you did for them 90 days, 120 days ago, and now they just think you're nagging them about this payment. Um, so there is a cost to, you know, that damage to that 
that relationship. There's a cost to spent chasing those monies. Um, and I think you, you, you picked up on a really good one. It inhibits growth. And, you know, good mate of mine's father, who was a very senior executive way back 20, 30 years ago, even before I was an accountant, I remember having a beer with him uh, and he was just talking about, you know, businesses need cash in the business because it means you can jump on opportunities. Yeah. And he, he was like a very senior executive with a, with a large multinational and he was talking about having a healthy balance sheet and they would go and buy sort of kind of businesses when the opportunities presented themselves. Um, but if you don't – if if you do not have that free and available cash, even at a, at a small business level, just can't happen. You know, classic example might be if you, you already maxed out your overdraft mm. and you do see a tool which is normally on sale for or sells for 19000 and it, you, you see one come up for 12000 and you, you can't push any – you can't go and get that. You've, you've, that's, the, that's the missed – that extra – you know, like the fact that that – that tool you can't get when it's unspecial, that's seven grand off your profit because you're going to end up paying more for it when you do en- end up getting it. Yeah, so. exactly. I, I think it's a false economy to, to rely on on sustaining your business on on borrowed money as well. I mean, you, you, you've you invariably got invoices and, and money that's owed to you and and I think that's where we want to really look to, to come in and and sort of yeah. look at that sort of concept of okay let's let's define and and work through a um a payment strategy yeah. and and you know develop clear and transparent pricing and and then you know where we then slip into to the, yeah, the and, ecosystem is the um is the and, mechanisms and to support that hundred and i'm super keen to just explore on that although i did forget one part which is probably the, one of the most critical parts about why you, people that say timing, it's just a timing thing, it doesn't affect my profit, are wrong. The older a bill is, the more likely that your customer won't pay you and then then it's lost money. So you might record it as income at one point, but then when that customer goes broke, such as a crazy thing like a pandemic kicks in and all of a sudden they're in lockdown, they say, well, no, I'm out of here and, and you know, you don't get paid. So, um, so they're, they're the, all these costs of not having a, a appropriate sort of pricing strategies, et cetera. So um, now, now, Stuart, I know the, the Go Carless guys are really big on, on setting expectations and, and what, what sort of best practice around pricing strategies in, in your mind to avoid these, these cash flow headaches? Look, it's really transparency, I, I think. I, I mean, where we sort of, you know, where you need to have clarity on, on what you're putting forward from, from whether it's um, the, you know, the, the way that you, you want to define, um, you know, how your, your fees and, and pricing structures are going to work. I mean, all of that in the outset is, is agreeable with your client, right? So whether it's charging by the hour by the project, um, on a on a monthly recurring billing cycle, you know, obviously, if 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 all of these elements are, are sort of transparent and and are clear at the outset, um, bringing bringing in sort of mechanisms mechanisms for for the the merchant or, or for for the business to to support getting paid shouldn't be a surprise to to the clients um, in, in that space, and and we sort of. As we sort of chatted prior, um, you know, we're very much moving moving more towards that sort of subscription economy where you know our Netflix ten dollars a month is taken out of our account, um, really no questions asked because we're getting that service that that we've sort of signed up for, and you know I think certainly where you know you can engage clients for for service agreements or for 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 the works that are sort of being afforded to them, whether it be the the plumber or or the the window cleaner, um, you know, understanding that. These are the payments, and and these are the terms of payment up front. I think certainly create a less frictionless um, payment experience. Makes makes a lot of sense, and and I think getting those terms, and a lot of people sometimes get confused between terms and price. The price is a factor in what you've agreed, but it's not the only thing. So the terms can will should also include, you know, obviously transparency about the service provided, when it will be provided, when payment is expected. And the method of payment as well. So having, and this is, I know where Go Carless can, can really help a small business owner. But if, if, if we, you know, don't just agree on a price with a client and say, okay, we've agreed on that. But if I was a business owner, I'd be saying, okay, we will give you this price and this service and it will be done by then. And then our method of the way we do things here is you, you know, you commit to, um, completing, say, a, an authority for someone like Go Cardless. Um, so that the 
upon completion of the service, the money is taken rather than it being out in the ether and the service has been provided at an agreed price, but there's no actual um, finish to that. Yeah. You know, my old boss used to say the jobs only finish when we've been paid. And, and that is, and, and, and so we need to finish the job in terms of making sure that the payment happens. So, um, so with that in mind, just if you're happy to give the listeners just a, a, an overview of, you know, let, let's say we are that window cleaner that's yep. maybe got uh, a recurring fortnightly round where they go and clean windows at some shops um, and, you know, shop fronts. 26 fortnights a year and they you know it might be 20 bucks a window that they charge for the each shop at the shopping center or whatnot individual shop at the shopping center how how would you suggest a a business like that could benefit from getting their transparency or in terms of and using something like go cardless yeah i think i think that's where you know platforms like ours come in is really about making the payment component easy and and you know we're understanding that there's there's many different means and mechanisms to get paid and and you know part of that sort of customer acquisition funnel if you will of of providing a level of coverage and and payment preferences is is where you know there's never going to be a round peg for a round round hole everywhere you know for for purely just our platform albeit you know we um we we certainly like to think that we you know what we provide is is um what we call maybe you know democratizing the you know direct debit function which was something that you know historically sort of sat with with the banks instead of setting customers mm-hmm. up for authority to um to to direct debit their their bank accounts so what we see is you know that we can provide a, a really streamlined method of collecting customers um, uh, invoicing from a, a bank account um, in a quick, easy, and reliable method. That um, that then, off the back of having a, a a direct debit authority sort of set up, you can essentially continue to to um, to collect for your goods and services on a on a recurring nature with literally little as friction as possible. And and that's the word that. Uh, I always use with some of these things friction. We just want to make it as streamlined and easy to do business and get and get paid, which is part of doing business, so that it's not clunky, disjointed, and ultimately costly because it's in, inefficient. Um, so, and I appreciate we're in an audio podcast, not a not a video uh, attachment. But uh, using using our example of a window cleaner, um, how how what would it look like if I'm a window for the small business owners out there that want to implement something, say for a regular recurring sort of service, what's what, talk talk us through the process that Go Carlos has? Yeah, so I mean, when we when we sort of we, we're sort of starting off here, we're, we're assuming that we're moving everything now online and into this world of of you know paperless society, right? So that's where we've sort of come in. In historically, there's been a need to, to sort of have a a, um, a paper-based collection or method of collection for for a customer's mandate or authority. So we're sort of saying we're moving our our billing and invoicing online, and as part of that, we're um, we're we're invoicing direct to clients, and we're cutting down on a all of those costs with printing postage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, but we're then does, also- anyone, does anyone still <laughs> send bills out by snail mail anymore? I, I don't know. And if you are, stop it, stop it now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but I think you know when 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 we sort of talk to customers about direct debit authorities and and that mandate, um, it, it springs to mind having a paper based form. Yep. So I think you know when we sort of when we sort of set out to start any any client journey in in um, in setting up a direct debit, that's what we require a a, um, a mandate, and we've brought that online. So it's a it's a BSB, it's an account number, it's account name, and an email address. And um, and theoretically, at that in providing that level of information and and um, and the approval, you've then now within Go Cardless and and through that co- clients Go Cardless account, you've set up a mandate and the um, the authority to um, to to collect your payments um, from them when they're due. So um, yeah, so from from that perspective, um, and is that pretty quick? Like again, talking about friction, if I'm the customer and. Like, is that just an online form you can send me the link to, and it's yeah, look, absolutely, absolutely. We're, we're we're all accustomed to using our credit card and and filling in our credit card details, and and this is this is certainly no different. It's it's very much the the same 
the same user experience and it's obviously being modeled very much on on being as frictionless again as possible in in not requiring um you know significant amounts of information so from that that perspective yeah look you know and I guess the beauty of of direct debits is such that um, you know when we're historically talking about push payments and filling details every time you receive an invoice, this is only sort of required at the outset. So once that once that sort of authority has been provided, um, you know for those recurring bills, it's it's simply a notification that these bills are going to be collected. Um, you know when the work's been completed or, or however those sort of terms and conditions are sort of set up. So. Again, it takes another step away, and it's um, and it, and it's, it's it's a really really streamlined approach. And 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 mate, we we love in the accounting world, or certainly my business, um, zero. You, you guys, I know, integrate with zero. Does the and you might obviously have multiple clients that are paying on 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 go cardless. Will will that integrate into zero and just self sort of um, reconcile? Yeah, look, uh, we've we've been without sort of wanting to toot our own horn sort of too much. We've won multiple awards through our um, our global partnership with Zero, which which is obviously um, proof the fact that it, it um, the integration is such that it sort of a not only sort of saves time, but it really cr- creates a true end to end function. So the notion of embedding um, our payment platform or our payment um, within the invoice and that pay now functionality to um, the payment collections and then reconciliation, taking it all the way back through to to those that are familiar in working with with zero to to sort of that one click matched invoice and, and reconciliation piece can can save um, time and, and effort in 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 really not only the payment collection process but the administration that sort of sits in and in and around it as well. Yeah, great, great, and again, probably the next question. Small business owners out there, it sounds too good to be true. There's got to be a, a cost. What, what's it going to cost a small business owner to implement something yeah. like this in their business? Look, our our platform is such that we're we're transactional based, so we've got our pricing, which is um which is up on our website, where we're one percent plus forty cents per transaction. So, you know, equating that to to sort of credit card variable transaction fees, it's it's actually it's quite competitive. Pretty- yeah. Um, and, and and I would be suggesting for us again using the example of a, a the window cleaning business with hundreds and hundreds of clients, one percent. Who cares? Forty and forty cents, like forty cents a transaction plus one percent of your twenty dollars, whatever that is. And I, I'm not in front of my Excel spreadsheet to do the math, but it, it's it's probably about sixty cents or something like that. Um, that's going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than the cost of chasing that money with a um, a human being that's got to jump on a phone call and harass a client for payment. Yeah, I think so, we, I think we were incredibly mindful that we we don't have sort of um, obviously you know in a small small business setting you you don't have your your accounts team sort of set up to 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 really look at all of your debtors. It's it's the, the reality is it might be a mum and dad or it might be you know a couple of business partners that are, that are sort of running the operation and and responsible for their invoicing and and reconciliation. So. You know the, the notion of trying to get a return on investment on on what we provide. I think we can we can really we can really have some strong conversations in this space and and sort of show and demonstrate yeah. how a getting the payment on time um, as opposed to waiting for it to be pushed over a term of twenty five days or thirty days or whatever the the um the, the situation may be can can certainly provide some really really strong benefits to to a business. Yeah, and I think you, turn, you you use the term return on investment. Like there, there is no cost to this. There's a cost to not having, and I'm not 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 just saying go Carlos, but if if you have a bad bad ineffective systems, whatever they may be, then there's a you, it's a it's a false economy. It's a false economy. So um, great to me. It's a it's a great return on investment. So um, mate, that's that's. Uh, Obviously, a bit about your your the business that you work with, yeah. Um, and but it, uh, other thing I talk with clients about is there, there is no silver bullet with cash flow. So I know talking offline, we, we've said it's not okay. Well, let's just you go use go cardless and all your problems disappear, right? So um, you've already touched on probably one of the main things is getting those terms of engagement and strategy and 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 transparency at the outset. One of the methodologies is. Um, you know, go go carless to make sure that the payments can be 
taken efficient, cost-effective fashion um, for all parties with as minimum friction as possible. Um, any other sort of uh, stuff around now? Now, you guys don't deal with credit cards, so um, what about something like other other payment solutions like Stripe? Do you do you would you you don't view yourself as no Stripe look, or us? Do you? No, no, that's right. I, I think we're we're not going to sort of bury our head in the sand and think we're going to um, completely wipe out the visas and Mastercards of this of this world. I think. You know, it, when we sort of talk about wanting to get paid on time, I think you know, offering card payments as an option is is certainly you know whether that's through you know Stripe or or through sort of a Square sort of type product. You know, there, there's certainly ways of collecting outstanding fees um, in 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 these sorts of methods of payment. And certainly with with regards to sort of Stripe, we can sit alongside them at, at checkout with with our integrations with Zero. So it, it, again, going back to that. You know, we want to. I think when we sort of talk about being um, providing advice, I think the number one is that we want to make it easy for people to pay, right? And that's what you want to as a business. You want to make it easy to collect those payments, um, and you don't want to you don't want to take or provide sort of more time than you need to in doing it. So, um, you know, what what sort of level of, of of leverage can you provide? And I think you know where you can use us as a as an as an integration um, and and sort of using sort of automated functionality um you know where possible um is certainly a solution that that basically puts the business into in control which i think is is the key here where, where you where you sort of are throwing it throwing it out there and putting other people in control it, it necessarily will, will, will they'll you know take take the line as long as they probably can take it Make, makes a lot of sense great great advice there so so mate um just before we move on to a little bit about yourself so if and, and, and what makes you tick, uh, if, if people like the sound of Go Cardless, obviously they can reach out to myself, but if they want to, where, where can they learn more about this and see if it may be a good thing for their business? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, obviously gocardless.com is is our, our website as far as um, having um, a customer hub there, which provides a whole raft of resources and and sort of knowledge, um, especially within our zero product. Um, you know, there's there's online tutorials and, and videos that can that can provide, um, I, I suppose, a, a really good visual of how we work. Um, for me personally, I'm on LinkedIn. I'd welcome um, anyone listening to to the podcast to um, to to connect if if they've got a level of interest in in having a chat and um, and sort of seeing where we can provide their business with a level of support. Um, yeah, there's obviously there's features and functionality that we can continue to, to sort of go yep. into, but yep. I'm mindful we've only got um, uh, you know a limited amount of time. So sure. yeah, certainly I'd I'd, I'd I'd very much welcome welcome the conversation, right. and, and, and we'll have in the show notes how to how your your LinkedIn and 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 how to how to hit you up, yeah. and obviously anyone can reach out to myself and I'll pass on your details. So mate, that that that's a, a great overview on improving the performance or getting high performance out of your cash flow function, but mate, when when we we, we met recently, um, well, virtually in, in this lockdown, and uh, I, was, I was quite intrigued by your background in other high performance areas in 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 both the AFL and VFL um, space. Yeah, so, mate, talk, talk really keen to um, hear a bit about that journey and some of the learnings that you've you've kind of um, taken from from football life which obviously listeners to the show would know i'm passionate about um what what are your well first up how did you get to go cardless from your former role yeah well i uh to use a sporting analogy i i describe myself as the mature age rookie um in at the um in at the office given that um yeah obviously now 12 months into into this role with go cardless having previously spent um 12 years um in that sort of sport and recreation setting which primarily sort of revolved around afl vfl and um and a little bit of a stint at, at sort of local footy as well um but yeah look I, I mean you know as as we say you know with with community clubs and community football and sport is that um that they're all about networking and um, networking, sponsorship, and 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 people, right? And um, and funnily enough, um, you know, hitting hitting COVID. Um, so I suppose that that started at 2019, end of 2019, 2020. Yeah, um, there was kind of a, a real handbrake put on on all, obviously all levels of 
of, of sport in Victoria and um, which had a significant impact on, on my, my job. And um, from a personal perspective, I'd, I'd had twins at the back end of 2019, which sort of really sort of started to hit home that, well, hang on, my, the industry is regressing here. Um, my, my job has sort of been put on hold. Um, what what can I and what do I sort of need to do? Um, and look, it really- sounds like you've taken your, your skills with working with people um, <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and just managing large, large audiences uh, and obviously uh, you're just solving different problems. Well, well, exactly. You know, I mean, I think that's where I sort of really tried to align the skill set in, in the conversation I had with um, with one of my, um, my my friends who, who obviously heads up the team here. Is, well, look, I've used my network. Um, he put out that they were looking for um, these sales development reps, and and from from there it was kind of a, a coffee and a chat and aligning that. Um, yeah, look, finding a, a business that that um, that's sort yeah. of looking to to bring on. Um, our product is probably no different to having a conversation with trying to bring on a player in in a recruitment setting. I'm drawing a long bow here, but advice that you have been given, and yeah, I know the answer here. You've got the answer. Yeah, uh, yes. I think it's pe- people buy from people, and, and I think um, that that from from my perspective is certainly um, what I I'm trying to bring into this role. I think you know that the notion of um, of being the door to door sort of um, vacuum cleaner salesman is just not going to wash. I mean, we really want to want to understand people, build rapport, and especially when you're talking with people's money, there is an, a significant amount of trust that sort of needs to be maintained. And you know, I think we we choose our payment methods and to push back, we choose our payment methods based on trust. I mean. Um, and if, if we can establish a trust and rapport and, and build about our, our sort of global product as, as being a really good offer, um, you know, certainly from, from that perspective, um, you know, I, I genuinely feel as though I, I can, I can um, you know, bring people into, into, into the go-cardless world and, and show them the light. Yeah, and, you know, people buying from people and if you can show that you, you're solving their problems and they know, like, and trust you, you know, you're, you're set up for success. So. It's the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. What is your version of getting to the contest when it comes to small business or, for that matter, sport and life? Yeah, it was, it was actually one of the coaches that um, that we had sort of uh, a couple of years back was, you know, it was really about sort of knowing your role and playing your role. And, you know, when you sort of – when you have that as, as your um, – I suppose your focus and 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 your core focus, you can you can achieve. And I think you know when you sort of start to go sort of too too linear or too tangent from sort of from that, and sort of start to go outside the rails of of um, of what it is that you do, um, I think things come unstuck you know, really quickly. And, you know, when I'm, you know, I sort of say, know your role and play your role in, in life. I'm a, I'm a father and, and that's my, my job. I, I, I've got to, I've got to take on those levels of, of responsibility. And similarly, in a in a work setting that, you know, my, my job is to, to, to bring about, um, you know, business and, and to have positive conversations with business that have got friction and pain. And, you know, that's what I've got to do. I, I, I'm not going to try to get technical. I'm not going to yep. going to try to, you know, do do things that are outside of, of, outside of my scope. Your, and, and, mate, that, that, that links very closely to, I guess, uh, uh, that whole getting to the contest, which is back in the day it was when you're struggling for form, just get to the contest. Don't worry about kicking, tackling, getting possessions, anything. Yep. Just be near the ball. If you just do that, that's your job. And then probably good stuff will follow from that. And then at a far more high level, and it, and it probably expressed really well, one of my great um, men I great, admire is Bill Belichick from the New England Patriots. And he's famous for a saying which under the pressure of the heat of battle and, you know, in the, in the NFL and he's talking to his players when, they say, the defence is on the sidelines and he's talking to them about what the next steps are, it's just do your job, do your job, don't. Don't try to do someone else's job. Do your job and do it well. If everyone does their job and does their role well, we're giving ourselves a better than fifty percent chance of winning, right? Yeah. Um, and that and that that's that's all you can do, you know, controlling what you can control and do your job. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, no, knowing your role absolutely critical, and that's where leadership, I guess, can, plays an important part because otherwise, people are people that want to help are, are running around and perhaps in the wrong direction or trying to do too much where they're actually you know they're, they're they're not actually helping so yeah i love it i love it so um mate what's uh 
while, while we're on, on this path, um, when it comes to business and finance, though, what's some of the mistakes that you've seen others make? I, I think not being open to, um, to, to, to adapting and, and sort of having that sort of narrow the, the narrow focus, I think, is is kind of a um, you know a, a real mistake for many because you know you, you look and I and don't get me wrong, you can go too far the other way, but there 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 are just sort of um, there are so many tools and um, so many um, efficiencies that can be brought into workplaces. Um, which are really, really simple, straightforward so- solutions. And I think, uh, you know, you don't want to layer that with multiple tools to, to fix every single problem. But I mean, if you've got that level of awareness of, um, and obviously using go as the example of, of, of a payment piece, well, why not use something that's afforded, afforded to you? And I think the, 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 probably the, the spin off for this is that, well, I don't have the time to implement it. Well, I think, you know, taking two steps back, um, in order to look at the bigger picture and, and the, the, the bigger outcomes, um, it, it typically going to, you know, you know, mean that companies can have a stronger ability to adapt to, to sort of issues that sort of present if, some of the smaller, you know, the, the the payment, the cash flow piece. If 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 we sort of can take care of that, so you know, then what can we look to sort of um, to build into that new short term strategy to to overcome maybe the areas of the business that are that are getting neglected because time is spent elsewhere. So, you know, I think you know, not learning not learning new tools and having that reliance on on the old way of doing things and adapting to, to the technology piece is is um yeah. is probably the big one. Okay. And and here's and, and this is a question without notice. Now and and for the listeners, you, you Stuart's got an extensive background working with the the Australian football community, including some absolute elite level um, sort of clubs uh, in the VFL or and elite coaches like uh, Mark Chuck Williams was associated with one of the clubs here at at one point. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've yeah, got a, and, I've got a great relationship with um, and, with Mark Williams. And without spilling all his coaching secrets, though, but is there any sort of traits that you see why someone such as him is successful? Yeah, look, it, it, I mean, it, he's like on that point, he's quite open to adapt. He, the way he would coach a team in two thousand and twenty-one is probably. I would assume not the same way he coached the team at Port Adelaide in 2003, as an example. No, that, that, that's exactly right. Like he, he was, um, he was open. He, he was um, willing, had a willingness to learn. And, um, you know, I, I think sort of um, certainly from, from the time that, that I'd spent with him and now to go on and see him have success at obviously Melbourne in developing their young talent and obviously taking them to, uh, to, to to the ultimate success um, this year is is sort of is is case in point that you know where you've got new technologies in in being able to to coach people and that you know we, we you know from from my um, from my days at um, at at the club it was you know we've gone from having um, you know one camera angle to multiple camera angles and then you overlay that with um, statistics and then you overlay that with GPS data and all of this high performance information and time on ground that sort of starts to provide layers upon layers of information to be able to to, to sort of filter you know and and to be able to bring in the the key inf- the, the key stats and the key bits of information that will a support um, the in- individuals in getting better um, will will support the team ultimately. Um, yeah, look, he's he's phenomenal in, in his ability to a you know utilize that information and then sort of translate it into into sort of okay, well, how's it going to support? And then okay, proper to, management decisions yeah, based on on exactly, data, exactly. Um, and and that's where I'd imagine at the small business level, um, even in our own business, we, we've got a, a sort of a, a director that we lean on um, or or an external director, if you like. Um, don't make assumptions on decision making. Get the data and get the facts behind it, um, and that 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 will help you make a better educated decision. Because sometimes your own emotions or expect like you might be, you, you what your assumptions are actually can be can be wrong. Um, and I, I'm from just what you're saying about um, using using that some of that that 
that data from a player performance prof, um, I guess the st that if you get the right stats and you're tracking the right data, that, that will actually tell a story and it won't, you know, there's nowhere to hide. Um, yeah. I'm very glad that uh, Kalani Val 2s only have one camera <laughs> and, then, um, and, and they don't have any monitoring of the number of times I'm not necessarily next to my key man or, or might have my hands on my hips. Um, it gets a bit harder to chase when you're over 40. But, uh, look, I, I think there's, there's a lot to be said there about your point about, you know, being open to new methodologies because hmm. um, if, we, if we're doing things the same way as we did even five years ago, we're off the pace. Um, and that doesn't mean we change for change's sake, but we've just got to be open and then be wise around what, what improvements we pick and we, yeah. that we use and add rather than, you know, just change for change's sake. So, yeah, great, great points. But, mate, what I always ask this one, what's one bit of tech you can't live without? <laughs> it's um yeah it's not not probably a nice nice thing to say but um you know, I think as a as a father I'm trying to limit screen time for for my children every uh, every waking moment but um look I, I and and maybe maybe it's a problem I don't know but my my phone I, I um I'll, I'll typically um I'll typically have with me and my wife is is telling me that um that I shouldn't be shouldn't be on it but um you know they're they're, they're both a you know there's good and bad in in it I'm sure of it because you know you've you've got you know your, all of your news you've got you know when you sort of talk about your your connect connections to to friends and, and your social interactions but then you've got these rabbit holes of um of you know social media and and these sorts of um silly things that um that I, I could probably do without at this point but um yeah look I think my phone and you know it's obviously my, my number one work tool in being able to be on the phone with people. Um, so yeah, I, in saying I could, I could probably do without it, but, um, I, I may be, I may, I may <laughs> be putting yourself at a competitive disadvantage. <laughs> exactly um, right. Exactly yeah. Right. And, and look, uh, the, 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 it, it definitely is a problem. And, uh, as, and you and I, well, you've got, uh, four kids, uh, but you've also got a set of twins in there as, as I do. Yeah. The, the, all the professionals I've been speaking to, like in terms of medical professionals, yeah, it's it's an addiction. The the and and it's probably unknown as to what damage it's going to do. But um, yeah, getting getting kids outside is important. But mm. the one of the conferences that I went to, which I I you know I revisit this advice regularly. Um, I'm not always as disciplined as I should be. Um, but this expert said, come home, put your phone onto silent or aeroplane mode. And have it in a pouch at the front door, and go upstairs, or go you know, go to the leave it leave it out of the, the living area, and just actually have a, a downtime for the fa so mm -hmm. that you are when you are present, you're present. You're not physically yeah. there, but mentally somewhere else. And um, I think there's, there's there's probably something to that for for both the kids, but also us. You know, talking yeah. about our roles as parents, and 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 what. You know, if you're going to be spending time with your kids, it's pointless if they see you on the phone. Exactly. Um, so. Um, yeah, that's uh, uh, you've identified a an essential tool, but that can sometimes be a, a negative as well. So, but look, talk to me about a a book, movie, or album that has made you who you are. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one actually. In sort of, um, if I have a sort of think about have have a think about that, I actually I got um, given a um, a book called The Resilience Project. I'm I'm not too sure whether you're across it or not. Um, but I, I got given to it by one of our new managers um, at work, and subsequently I had read it previously. My, my wife picked it up, and it's got some it's got some really amazing sort of content and stories about um, you know the, the the front page is finding happiness through gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness, and it's it's really you know I see this about you know the the identification of of being grateful for what we have, and that should ultimately you know be fulfilling enough and, and, you know, he sort of talks about sort of some of the work that he does with, with AFL clubs um, and, and NRL clubs. Yeah, I, I think it's whether it's probably um, influence, influenced me to, to, to date, it's probably more moving forward and, and just being grateful, you know, and I think we're, we're sort of starting to do some work internally about, you know, what are the things that we are grateful for? You know, this is what we sort of talk about weekly and I think, you know, when we've sort of worked through COVID, how grateful are we just to be able to go and see a see a friend or 
you know, I, I went to one game of football this year, you know, and no, noting the synergies with the, with the podcast. I mean, yep. how grateful am I to be able to do that? Hopefully, in you know, in the in the next season, to to just go and be with friends at a game of football and and be able to join that from somewhere other than my my, my armchair. I think um, you know the, these sorts of um, small things that um, that we've sort of had taken back um, through this lockdown period, um, you know, really really sort of shine light on you know how how well you know we are and as a as a as a i suppose a nation and yep. how well we're looked after and and those sorts of little things are, are huge so yeah it's, it's a it's a really nice read for for anyone that's you know from a from a business perspective from a um from a sporting and from an individual point of view and i think then i'm i'm that my, my daughter's kinder was rolling out sort of some of the work to, to sort of, you know, start to talk about you know, some of those things that we're sort of grateful for on a, on a day-to-day basis and, um, you know, get those conversations sort of started. So, yeah, no, that, that'd be, that'd be my pick, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Is that, that's Hugh Van, I'm just Hugh Van Solent. Solenberg. So, but I, I've, I've heard the, uh, but I haven't, haven't, haven't heard it expressed like that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely adding that to the, 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 the reading list. So th- thanks for sharing there. And which probably links to my next question, which you, you've probably part answered, but what have you learnt in the last 12 months? What's something you've learnt? <laughs> um, starting an, an entire new career in a, an entire new industry um, as probably um, the, the list goes on. I mean, I, I was sort of you know we, we worked with Day, with Zero um, at the at the football club and we we're implementing um, a lot of the. I think we, we transitioned out of Reckon um, into Zero, so. You know, now I feel as though I'm far more dangerous in an accounting and billing platform space than I was 12 months ago, and um, and certainly when we sort of talk about um, uh, payment platforms and gateways um, and the fees and charges and structures and support that sort of sits behind that and the, the friction that um, that businesses get 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 sort of uh, faced with on a on a day to day basis. Um, yeah, a whole new world has opened up um, for me over the last sort of twelve months. Um, from a yeah, you know, and that's certainly from a from a work sort of space. But um, you know, I think then again, when you when you look at the personal perspective and being a father of four, um, I'm learning something new every day. Um, as to, as to <laughs> let how- suspect with uh, young twins, let yeah. alone uh, the other the other two kids. So. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. And yeah, you know, and then yeah, you know, I think everyone would be um, would be lying if they didn't say they sort of found found out something new about themselves deep down when presented with the you know the challenges that we've been faced with over the last twenty four months as well. So you know, where yeah. where you sort of faced with ad- adversity, I think you you really you know you, you you find out a little bit about yourself. And you know, I'm I'm pretty pretty pleased that you know where where I'm sitting at the moment. I've a got a got a job. I, I find there's a hell of a lot of gratitude about that, but sort of something that's quite quite exciting and, and in, in a phase of growth is um yeah it's um and it's making good. a difference yeah to, absolutely to people's lives so yeah great and um and well mate and, and last last question for you um what advice would you give yourself from 20 years ago and uh that can't be to you know just back Hawthorne to win a thousand <laughs> premierships in a row and uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and make your money that way but what about what what, what, what if you could speak to yourself from, you know, you're only a young young man yourself, but what 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 would you sort of like to tell you, that younger version of you? Yeah, well, sort of inspiring out of control, you know, thinking about oh, could I have been an AFL footballer or you know, sort of something something along those lines if I'd only made some some different choices or decisions. But um, like, I think fundamentally, I you know, you don't really want to get caught up too much in in what people, you know, think about you. I mean, there's there's that sort of element that I sort of, you know, if you reflect back, you sort of, there, there was that anxiety, I think, as a, as a young young kid or an adolescent that um, that sort of was prevalent. And I know that's just part, it's probably, there's an element of that that's part of growing up and, um, you know, am I wearing the right sneakers or clothes or, you know, all of those materialistic mm. sort of elements that sort of, that come with it that I'm probably going to be challenged with, um, you know, um, talking to my kids about the fact that uh, you can't have those LeBron James sneakers or whatever the case may be. But um, but I think, um, you know, that that's certainly one element. Um, I think, it, you know, I've been able to get somewhere by maintaining really strong and positive networks. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, really on, on that basis, anything's sort of possible in that front. So, 
you know, sport's a great um, a great connection piece. It's a great community piece. Um, I've been able to, um, to to sort of get a really strong um, network out of out of being involved in in sport and football and you know both in in a business and and a and a sporting environment. You know, I, I used to go back and, and have conversations with um, with my old, um, uh, I suppose, uni- university sort of um, coursework and, and sort of talk about uh, the, the students going into placements. And, and I think, you know, we, we sort of talk about, um, you know, how strong our network is and people don't necessarily utilise it or, or lean on it. And I think, you know, we, we're always one or two degrees of separation, not that seven. So if there was sort of someone that you, you're open to having a conversation with and a discussion with and you've got that willingness to pick up the phone or, or shoot out an email, I think people are quite receptive to, to helping. And I think that's one of oh. the... Yeah, that's one of the, yeah. the the values that is strong in in you know in Australian culture that we help people and um, you know you, but you you can't be afraid to to ask the question either and um, you know certainly using that as a philosophy in in sort of in sales in in sort of trying to to sort of engage with our product is uh, you know asking the question building rapport and and, and trust is is critical and that's and, and I think m- most people honoured if if you ask them. For some help or some guidance or advice or or connection, you know, it's not just oh mate, I need a favour, give me a job. It's it's like if someone reaches out to me from the footy club or otherwise, mate, I'm I'm just happy to assist. You know, whether that's a they end up being a client or whether I introduce them to someone that can solve whatever problem they've got, might be a cash flow problem with their business and they need to have a chat with you. But yeah. whatever it is, like I'm just wrapped that someone thinks you know that I that I can actually help people yeah. um you know it's not it's not with a desire to make money it's more desire to help people and the money will look after itself typically if you help enough people yeah. um and I'm I'm going to get the quote wrong and I don't know who but you, you can have anything you want in life provided you you help enough other people get what they want yeah. um and uh, and I yeah I just have no idea who who said it I should really learn it give them credit <laughs> but um you know that that's sort of a bit of a karma thing. Help enough people, and and uh, it will come back. Yeah. So, mate, I I, I um, really like that that, and it sounds like that that what you've learnt, you're living. So, it's not like it's been a wasted opportunity the last twenty years that you're only trying to pick something up now. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's great. Well, well, sure. Thank you so much for, for jumping on the podcast. Um, uh, as you mentioned earlier. You can check. We'll put the your LinkedIn profile in the show notes, or go. Uh, what's the the Go Cardless website again? Yeah, or just go um, dot com. Chuck that into Google or straight into the browser, and and there'll there'll be some stuff there. So, mate, uh, really appreciate your wisdom on uh, how how you know on, on cash flow, and also you know some of the other things that high performance people do in both life and business. Yeah. Uh, thank Thanks you. for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, there you have it. That was my chat with Stuart Ballock from Go Cardless around all things cash flow, um, but also what high performers do off the field as well from his background in the in the VFL. So, so look, what are some of my key learnings there from the chat that uh, small business owners can take away? Um, look, number one, transparency up front you get one shot at it uh, but if you're transparent and you negotiate terms and conditions up front that is the key to making sure that there's a cash flow solution and that includes what's being done when and the payment uh, when payment will be made and how payment will be made so yeah just that transparency thing up front will save business owners a hell of a lot of grief number two and it probably links into the first point Short mentioned a few times just about getting rid of the friction, getting rid of the friction that a small business, uh, business owner has um, with dealing with clients. You've got to make it easy to do with do business with. So if if we can just make it just so automated that people seamlessly um, have the service, enjoy the service and pay for the service, then there's less opportunities for it to stop, start, stop, start and, and become a, a, a problem. So... Um, you know, there's, a, I don't know what Netflix is worth, but Stuart mentioned it. It's probably worth in the billion, many billions or trillions, who knows. That's just a seamless, frictionless surf, uh, service. And it just happens and we get paid every, we pay our money every month. And uh, Netflix is obviously on a grand scale and does very well. 
um, because there, there's just literally no friction in their product. Um, next item, there is a cost to not doing cash flow well, whether that's a cost of labour of chasing money, it's a cost of bad debts, it's a cost of um, missed opportunity, it's a cost of damage to your existing client relationships by by sort of money getting in the way. These are all costs to your business, so be ready to um, to pay the price if you don't uh, have a, a, a really good approach to your cash flow. Some of the learnings from Stuart and his um, both professional life and, um, and, and professional, uh, well, elite level sporting um, environment that he's been a part of. So be open to adapt. Now, this is a common theme from one of our, our, our other, other um, guests on this, this show. You know, we can't be doing things the same way we did five years ago, 10 years ago, or God forbid, 30 years ago. Yes, the fundamentals of business are, are similar in that you know people buy from people and we've got to solve someone's problem if we expect to have a if we we're not solving problems we're not and we're not helping people we won't have a business but we've got to be open to adapt and, and change for, to find better ways so we're constantly improving uh, being more effective and more efficient putting our head in the sand is and saying that's how we always do it around here um, well that's a recipe for irrelevance and lastly um, Probably a point that, that, that Stuart mentioned, um, which I, I, I really found, um, really, really hit a, struck a, a chord with myself, just using your network. Like people love helping people. And if you've, you've got a good reputation, you've helped people yourself, you've, and you've shown and you've got these relationships with people and you, you've developed those relationships, not because you want anything in, in return, but just because you've, you've there are relationships, whether it be the footy club, personal life, friends, family, whatnot. Um, don't be shy about sort of leaning on that network, and that that doesn't mean that we're we're leaning on them in a in a sort of a a, a, a dodgy sort of um, uh, scheming way. It's more people. If if you if you want help, or if you'd love a connection, um, then then ask. People love helping people, so I think that they're is you know if, if you can use your network um, to, to perhaps just open doors for you um, well 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 why wouldn't you and, and and as long as you're doing it in a respectful open fashion and you know nothing gives people greater pleasure than, than, than sort of helping people helping other people be aware of your network don't abuse your network. We always be looking to help others. You know, give us gains. So get in and help other people get what they want. Um, but if if you know you've got a, a part of your network that you can lean on to help um, you get out there and, and develop your career, we'll we'll, we'll do that. Um, so there you go. They're, they're my takeaways from the chat with Stuart. So jump on to um, Google, check out uh, Stuart Baylock uh, or Go Cardless, um, or reach out to myself and and we can, I can arrange an introduction. Um, and thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, until next week, bye for now.